Hey, want to welcome everybody to the latest Denny Artachi Show podcast. Have a special guest and friend of mine, Mr. Mark Breckbill, a CPA professional, but we have some things in common. He loves music. He helps promote music. Yep. And he's got a great business and practice in Stewart. Gosh, we've known each other for a while, Mark. I've performed for some of your parties. Yeah. And- yeah uh, Denny's uh, <laughs> done some charity events that we do up there. A lot of charity events, raising money for various charities, using uh, using music and concerts and things. And uh, he's he's been working with me for a long time on that. Plus, um, kind of helped me out a little bit. Again, raising me money for charity, but. Um, when we were when I was running for commissioner up then uh, that's Stewart, right so, you so almost became part of the uh, the establishment <laughs> establishment yeah. but uh, but the thing that you know Denny's right he and I share a, a common interest we're both crazy and uh, that's so, for sure so, without a doubt yeah so generally <laughs> we, you know we get along pretty well but, you uh, know if you haven't noticed his pipes Mark has his own radio show he's been how long have you been doing your radio show about twenty two years <sighs> twenty two years. <laughs> Dude, is there that much to talk about? I know. You just recycle. Oh, you know? is that what it is? Well, you know, it's it's actually kind of interesting <laughs> because it's something we can talk we'll talk about today is that um, in general, um, things just happen again, you know, and again and Recycled again. Recycled and, and recycled. And, and, and we're in a recycled economy right now. It's a lot well, like 1980. It's looking a lot like this. <laughs> 1980 or so. Well, one of the reasons. You're a better singer. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> one of the reasons I have you on here is I don't have too many CPA tax professionals with your brilliant. Dude, you are, you're too cerebral sometimes. <laughs> You ask Mark a question. Is that the way of saying I'm boring? I'm no, good. not boring. But, dude, if I ask you what time it is, you're going to tell me not only how the watch is made, but what the thoughts were put together to make the watch to tell you what time it is. But I think a lot of my listeners, like me, were looking at this economy. And, oh, my God, did you, did you think we'd see this inflation like we're seeing now? Yes. You did. You predicted that this was coming. Yes, actually. And I, and I got a radio show I can pull up you and can show pull you it up. that. All right. So why do you think it happened, this inflation? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, and, and I'm just going to give you a real quick background. Yeah, so real quick, Mark, understand. because they'll yeah. be like, you know. That's right. So I started out, when I graduated from college, I started out in public accounting. I worked with Arthur Anderson, and I was in their banking division. So I had a lot of exposure to banking and finance back then. And then I left I left Arthur Anderson to go to, to work ultimately uh, in the banking industry. And in 1978... You're dating yourself, dude. That's right. How old are you? I'm 67 now, I guess. Wow. I think, yeah, 67. So in, in, 19, in 1978, I took a job. Uh, and at the time, I was 22. And I took a job... 23, took a job as um, chief financial officer of a $60 million bank, a small community bank, all right? So at that size bank, and even a little bigger, your job is to be the economist as well. So, okay. So in 1978, I was pretty actively involved in um, in the economy and in actually dealing from a, a fairly high level in a bank uh, of what was going on in, in the economy, right? So again, why do we have this inflationary... Well, period that we're having now, and and it's because it's because first of all, nobody can control the economy, and and what's happening is the Fed. You, you first have to understand the Fed. The Fed has no real control over interest rates. Zero. 
Here's how that works. Well, he's raised them a lot this year, so. But it has. I mean, people are not buying houses. Did you know the housing sales are down about thirty percent? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and that makes sense because well, because you you interest rates are up. That's right. And you you can predict that. I mean, you could predict. How could you have predicted? Seriously, all kidding aside, interest rates before a year and a half ago were so low, and they have astronomically ballooned. In the last year, year and a half, you predicted that. Yeah, I mean, it, and it, and it really because of the, it, it wasn't that difficult because I've seen it happen before. Okay. This happened in 1978 through 1982. Okay. All right. It happened during the Carter administration and the beginning of the Reagan administration, when he had to solve the problem, and uh, and so. It, 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 you could see it coming. And, and here's what was is interesting. And here's right where we are now, I think. Yeah, what is the catalyst? We had, well, it's always government spending. It's always government spending. They're terrible at managing money. We're up to what, $34 trillion in debt? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and I they, stopped counting just after today, $30 trillion. They've got a trillion dollar, a trillion and a half dollar bill that they're proposing as a spending bill. Okay. So, and I haven't seen that bill yet because it was just announced at nine o'clock this morning, and we're you know roughly around ten o'clock. So, okay, I haven't seen that yet. But, but what happened in nineteen in this in the late seventies, and and I remember it vividly because I was, I had just come into the bank I was working for, and I was young at the time, twenty three, um, and um, I was taken over for a guy who was still in the bank. He had moved on to the loan side, right? And he had been their investment person. And so I kind of moved into this situation, and <laughs> and I had done a budget. I was doing a budget this time of the year, right? You're you, doing budget. You know why I'm laughing, right? Why? You still haven't answered my question. I'm getting there. You be If you were in court, I'd treat you as a hostile witness. <laughs> I'm getting there. But but you have to understand why because it I am it, trying to it, understand why. So so And what, this is a global issue, right? Not just in America? Right. Okay. It, it is a global. Now back in back in the 70s there was more control because you know the US had more power and more influence internationally. We were the big economy. You know the, the old saying in those days was you know if um, if the US got the cold, a cold, Europe got the flu. You know, and so that so you have to remember from an economic standpoint, the Fed had a little more control, no control, but a little more influence because they were U.S. And so you didn't have to deal with the central bank in London and all that kind of stuff. And so so what happened in in the late seventies? Carter was president, and um, he all of a sudden you know uh, figured out he 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 did a couple things. One, they started they were raising taxes. And they um, and they were also uh, he, he was raising taxes a little bit, but at the same time, he was pumping money into various programs. They were there were a number of social programs that were being kicked into gear at that time. So, uh, including uh, how to handle certain things with but social security we, we, and but and Mark, we we've been living in a lower tax rate environment, right? Low inflation rate environment, and it's blown. I mean, don't tell me it's just because. Trump lost and Biden's president. No, it, it has to do with it. It actually has what, to do what? with it, it. Has to do with the amount of money that we're spending, and we are pumping a lot of money in the system, and we have and it's still out there. I'll so, like you, for example, during COVID, all the stimulus didn't help inflation, right? It, right. Exactly. No. It, 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 it absolutely. Didn't help at all. I mean, yeah. and what happened is we actually 
we actually uh, overstimulated the economy. We gave a lot of money that uh, didn't, didn't actually stay in the business environment, but actually passed directly through to the employees and raised the amount of money that they had. Anytime that labor, anytime that labor starts increasing its price and it becomes embedded, you can't get it out. So that's how you can tell when it's starting. When there's a, when you hear people start saying, okay, we need more money, we need more money, or people are getting more money, that means they got more money to spend. And uh, you can talk all you want about the supply chain and all that, but it has nothing to do with that. I mean, that's one of the issues in terms of, you know, creating shortages and, and so that there hasn't been an even increase all across the board in everything. But, but when you look at it, labor is in everything. And the more that labor's in things and the more that the price increases become embedded in labor, the less likely are you, you are to ever have that go down. And the rates have to go up because as soon as labor goes up, business will increase its prices to offset that and more than offset it because they have to increase their prices to cover that cost of labor and anticipate it going forward. So they're always going to estimate on the high side. So as soon as you hear people start saying it's time that labor got gets an increase and they may need an increase labor always ends up uh, they've been talking about the $15 an hour minimum wage which i think they passed but they're raising it incrementally right and right a dollar each year until it gets to 15 it, it depends florida's doing it one way okay. federal government but and and that's here's know. an interesting thing too um, i know a lot of people were afraid of taxes were going up but that has not happened as of yet the Biden administration has been in there for two years. I don't know. I don't know if they – time will run out before 2024, I think, before they raise taxes. Oh, it's already in there. Well, it's in there how? Well, the – you know, remember the Build Back Better? And it, Yes. It, 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 Build Back Better started out at something like $7 trillion, right? Okay. And then, which is nothing, folks. That's just you know. Yeah, that's, that's not a lot of money. I, I, one of the places, one of the places <laughs> I lived, actually, one of the places. Why not make it ten trillion? Who cares? Well, you know, one of the places where, where I first moved into banking, um, and I was chief financial officer of this bank when I was twenty-three. I was in a town called I was in a little town called Pekin, Illinois, and uh, Pekin is outside of Peoria, middle middle of the uh, the uh, Midwest. But anyway, our congressperson from from. Um, uh, from Pekin and from that portion of Illinois it was a guy named Everett Dirksen. And I don't know if you remember Everett Dirksen. He's known for two things. One, he wanted to make the marigold the the national flower. And uh, that didn't happen. But two... Now, why would I know a guy from, like, the Midwest somewhere? Because he, he has a famous... Did he have his TV show or something? No, it's a, he's got a famous saying. He oh, was, he what's was his famous the, saying? He was the Build congressperson. Build back better? No, he was a congressperson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He was a congressperson that said... A, a million here and a million there, and pretty soon we're talking about real dollars. That's what he said oh, when this spending bill. That was sounds being... like something Yogi Berra would say. Exactly, but <laughs> but now it's now it's funny. Now it's a it's a trillion here and a trillion there, and we're talking about real dollars. But so how? Okay, they have not officially put legislation to raise taxes, but you think they're raising taxes in a backdoor way? Oh, they, yeah, and and no, they have put stuff through. Um, and and they they do have the mechanism, um, you know. It's but I haven't seen a proposal that it, rates are going higher. It's not rates. 
What See, is it? There's more to taxes than there's way more to taxes than just rates. Okay. All right. So what what the uh, what the president and the and the Democrats that control the House, by the way, the tax bills come out of the House, what they've learned and and actually on the Senate side, Bernie Sanders is a genius on this, and I'm not a fan. You told me once that they want inflation to go higher because they'll collect more money because of it. Well, they pay off all this debt. All this money they're borrowing, they pay it off with cheaper dollars. The dollar's not worth as much because of inflation. But what I tell you where Bernie is a genius, um, and, you know, and he is, (laughs) and I, I, I do not agree at all with the socialist philosophy. And of course, Bernie is a, is a socialist. And he's, you know, he said that. But he figured it out. And nobody else seems to have done that yet, especially on the Republican side of the aisle. But here's what he figured out. When the Affordable Care Act was proposed, right? Um, remember, most of you remember that during the Obama administration, President Obama said, this is not a tax. It is not a tax. It is not a tax. It is not a tax. And, and so... It, it they also went, said you can go to any doctor, keep your doctors, right, and do all, all of that, that stuff. stuff. But, yes. but anyway, the, the big point was financially he said it's not a tax, all right? So it goes to the Supreme Court. That was decided 5-4 with Chief Justice Roberts uh, coming, out with the, coming out with the deciding opinion. He was the one that voted, that made the decision on that. Now, here's what he said. He said it's a tax, he said it's a tax and we can tax and and as a tax it congress has the right to do that and they can do whatever they want as a tax and so and they're still trying to argue the administration's still trying to argue it was not a tax and yet chief justice roberts was saying if it's not a tax it's not allowed it's it it's unconstitutional so the affordable care act was deemed unco- was deemed constitutional only because it was a tax now, fast forward a few years. When, when Trump was president, in it, it, at the early part of his term, he had the ability to get rid of um, the Affordable Care Act. But for whatever reason, the Republicans couldn't get it done. So, what, well, I think Senator McCain had the deciding yeah, yeah, vote, absolutely. and he, so, you know, he he, he squashed it. it. But but here's what here's what happened. So Trump decided that. What he was going to do is he was going to make the penalty, which was the tax, mm-hmm. he was going to make the penalty on the Affordable Care Act zero, right? And then his argument was, and it went to the Supreme Court, his argument was, how can it be a tax if it's not raising revenue? Zero. If there's zero tax, there's no penalty left anymore. How can you possibly... But I thought I thought the only penalty on the Affordable Care Act was those who were not accurate in their income projections. They made too much money, and therefore they had to pay back no, you the have, surplus that they were given to by the government. No, that's the credit side. That's the credit that yeah. they're giving you. And if you est- you could get that credit paid in advance, okay. and if you estimated your income too low then you wouldn't earn that credit, so you're going to have to pay some of that credit back. Okay. The penalty is on the side that if you decide not to have insurance. Remember when that first oh, that's came right, out, that's if you right. don't have yes. qualified insurance. That's right. You I get, forgot that. Yeah. Yes. So yes. it was, and that was what was the, And it was uh, going up incrementally each year that you delayed it. That's correct. Well, yes. and so what they were doing is, 
and there there were a couple things in there. But that, but we got we got off track. I think for my listeners and me is how did we get into this inflationary environment that well, we I'm, are now? I'm getting I'm getting to that. It, 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 I'm just trying to I'm getting to it. Forget but, what time it is, folks. We're going to tell you how the watch is made and the logic no, behind the watch. But but I'm going to tell you what <laughs> what happened and how we got here and why why. Congress has put us in a position they got a lot of power right now. Okay. And and so so what happened on this thing is that again, Trump challenged this with the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled that it was still a tax. Okay. So so now Bernie realized all you have to do is call it a tax and you can do whatever you want. You can have tax credits and you can do whatever you want. So Bernie wants um, he, he wanted, um, uh, a base income thousand, he, everybody in the United States get a thousand dollars a month base income. That's a big, big proposal there. Right. You say, well, nobody will ever vote for that. Well, they no, don't have of course to, not. they don't have to, there's a child credit and an earned income credit. And all you have to do is raise the income levels so that everybody qualifies and then give it to them in advance. And we did that. We did that. And that's still in the act. There is, there was, that was part of that and, bill was. And where's that money coming from? It's coming from the government printing it. I mean, it's it's from the bill passed. Yeah, from the from the uh, yes, and they have implemented, they have re-implemented the Affordable Care Act. So, you know, you got to look out there and look at what's going on in in the economy. It's not only. A lot of this stuff is buried in the so, spending bill. So do you think because of this, people were spending more and that's what caused... Oh, absolutely. You know, do you know that, I mean, you probably know, for the last... I think this year, people are spending less. They're they're holding on to their money. Well... Interest rates are higher. I think retail sales are off. I don't think they're... I don't think people are spending like they were a year or two ago. It's It's starting to have an impact right now. But yeah, and but going forward, you've got other sides of this thing where, um, you know, some things now are starting to become affordable. Like what? Housing, because it's <laughs> dropping so fast. I mean, housing was going up so fast. Now it's dropping. And like you said, 30% drop? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say sales are off 30%. But, but you're no longer buying a mortgage for 3 and 4%. It's... Around six percent, right. and if you fact or if, higher now, if you look at that, you know, as an investment guy, that's a huge difference, right? As an investment guy, you know this. If I have a fixed, if I have a fixed rate investment, right. and, and that investment is four percent, right, and it's fixed four percent for thirty years, maybe it's got a duration of twelve, which is the length of time that average will stay outstanding. It's got a twelve or thirteen year duration, right? Um, if if interest rates go up to 6%, what's going to happen to the value of that bond? It's going to go down, right? The yield, if the, if the market yield goes to 6 and you're at 4, the principal value is going to go down because so you're going to have to be a premium. That's, how you, that's, that's why how you think you, it's affecting the housing market in the same Absolutely. Way. That yeah. move between 4 and 6% is easily 30% effect on, if you had a bond, that would be a 30% reduction in that bond. I never really Closer thought that, uh, I never thought about that, that uh, the real estate market could behave like bonds as rates go higher. It, 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 and you asked me earlier in the show, how did I predict 
the yeah. How the, did you predict the, it, that we were going to be in this? Right. And and I did it in somewhat the same way that I did with um, back in because I hit the I hit the turn in two thousand seven too. Um, and people on the housing market. And people ask, well, how did you hit the turn in the housing market? It was very easy. People, when they buy homes, right, they they don't care, you know, what it costs a lot of times. You know, they they care how much they can afford, but they don't care how much it costs. You know, they'll, they'll and so they don't look at it as an investment, right? But it is an investment. The market, it's an investment. Well over 25 to 30% of the mortgage market, I mean, of the real estate market, are investors. So when you want to look at what's going to happen with the with the uh, housing market. When you say investors, meaning people who want to flip properties? Or? Not flip. Hold and lease. Yeah, and, and appreciate. Kind of, yeah. Right, because think about it. If you can average 12 to 14% in appreciation, you're not going to necessarily do that consistently in right. the stock market. Right. So what I did back in 2007 is I looked at what the lease payments were. I looked at, used the income approach. On commercial property, they use what's called the income approach. And they determine your income and they use a cap rate and that determines the value of the property. Back in 07, when, when the price that was being produced... You don't think we're... Similar to like 07 right oh, now. Oh, we'll be way worse than that. We're gonna wait, wait. Let's look at this, folks. He's predicting, Mark. You're telling me there's going to be a real estate crash? Yeah. We're already in it. We just don't realize it. We're already in it. Okay, so we think that's a correction. People think that people think that we're we're correcting. We're going like this. <laughs> I mean, the correction will be just passing each other by as they cross. So you through. think? Okay. So obviously you think there's going to be more inventory than there are buyers, right? It's going to make it crash. Yes. Okay. And and it's going to take a little so while. So where, where do you think, do you think inflation continues, climbs? Yes. Yeah. You think it climbs still? Yes. I think uh, I think we're going to be looking at, at rates. Uh, the economy isn't going to shut down. Not right now. There's still too much money in it. Think about all the... Economic uh, injury development uh, uh, disaster loans, the EIDLs are out there. Those are loans that didn't get paid back, right? Mm-hmm. There are still billions of dollars of those loans out there that now are just starting to have to pay back. That's $2,700 a month. But that money's still in the system. Some people haven't spent that money. So there is a lot of money still out in the system. And, and what's going to happen the Biden administration understands that he or any of the Democrats will never get reelected if we have an economy that crashes. He will, whoever's in office takes blame for that. So he knows and doesn't want that to happen. Bernie doesn't want that to happen. AOC doesn't want that to happen. They are going to pump stimulus into this spending bill. You look at this spending bill when it comes out. Stimulus. So they're going to spend more money yes. to put a Band-Aid in a gun, gunshot wound. And they're going to give it to the consumer. The consumer, right? They're going to give it to the consumer, and then they're, what so they're you going don't to do think is, you don't think we have a chance for a recession? That's what they were. Oh, we do. Okay, but but it it doesn't begin with an R, so it begins with a D, and um, and that's the only thing that will ultimately correct. You mean depression? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're you're sitting here predicting we're going to have a depression. Well, let me put it this way: if we don't then we'll have a socialist economy that we'll never come out of. Because there's only two solutions to the economy that we're in right now, Mm -hmm. only two. One is ultimately 
what uh, the free market normally produces to correct an out-of-balance situation. That's a, de that's a depression. It's, you know, it's a re recession, depression, but when the economy gets out of whack, the free market economy corrects itself by a depression. That's one way. The other way is hyperinflation, and that's how a socialistic country gets out Which of Which means the value of the dollar will be will go down bupkis and and here's what was a, the deciding to, factor to, in this to which quote is someone yeah that's right <laughs> what's really interesting about that is i've been looking i mean at, do you think this will happen like before 2024 or beyond that no i think it'll happen before 2024 so maybe next year you might see like uh, uh, I, I i think we'll see i think by it, it depends on what if this bill gets passed see there's a lot of republicans that are going to jump on this spending bill because they need it to But I don't passed. understand. I think you're telling me that their logic is if they give more money away to the consumers, they will be hoodwinked into thinking that everything's good and everything's Oh, they good. will think it. When you give people stuff, you don't take it away from them. You know, um, give me free shit. That's what Bernie's motto is. And Yeah, and, there is and, no such and, thing as free, free stuff. And, uh, and you uh, give it to them, and they've given it to them. Think about it. We have people... That we have people Here, here's in, what in I'm, their 20s and, and in their 30s yeah. that have a couple kids. They've been getting a few thousand dollars a month extra from the U.S. government up until just at the end of last year. See, how many of you don't realize, because I don't realize this. You're right. telling me that they're getting extra money each month from the government for having kids. Yes. But they have to qualify by having a certain amount of income. And they raise that income to about $120,000. So the more money you make, the more you get from the government, not the opposite. It should be the poorer people well, that get help, right. not the richer people. They're, they're giving it – the people that are getting squeezed are the, are the working poor. But Well, yes. But, but what's happened is that, yeah, they've, what they've done is there's a thing called an earned income credit. There's a thing called a child care credit, the earned income credit, child care credit, dependent care credit. Those – first thing that, that – Again, this is all Bernie Sanders. This is socialist thinking. The first thing that, that they did was they, um, they uh, made those refundable. Then they made them uh, paid in advance. Now, some of this was done under the Trump administration. But then they made them not – so the credit existed. So then what they did is they got, they got the credit established. But I'm then they made them – I'm trying to understand the logic. Well, here, you make them refundable, Right. And then you pay them out in advance, like they do on the health tax credit. Yeah, you pay it in advance. So for all of for all of 2021 and part of 2020, I guess it was, it, you got 750 dollars a month if you had a child under six or something, and 500 dollars a month if they were under 17, and you got that paid in advance. You got that paid in advance. So they were like writing, annualized. In a lump sum or per month. Per month, got it. They got they were giving them this money per month. So it wasn't annualized credit, but they were paying in advance. And and that was the credit. So when you filed your tax return, you didn't have any income on that because that and was how, the credit. how long would this continue for? Well that contributed contribute continued for almost a year. Okay. So and we've just been out of it. So this I guarantee you the spending bill has that provision for that for that tax credit back in there. Problem I have with a lot of the bills that they pass, it seems like only a fraction, ten to fifteen percent, actually goes towards what the bill is named after. Where does the rest of the money go? 
Oh, well, special you're interests. lucky if it even goes that. You know, uh, I mean, the, the big joke is the Inflation Reduction Act. There's nothing in the Inflation Reduction Act that re- reduced inflation. Zero. It was all Green Deal. It's wow. all the Green New Deal. And and it, it, it all, it, and it's, it's really convoluted. I mean, it, that Inflation Reduction Act, I think that the administration thought a lot of money was going to get pumped into the system. And it is. There's, I mean, if you have a business and you, you have an electric truck, which there's only like one of them that's made, if you have an electric truck, you can get up to like $40,000 in credit against your income. See, those are the kind of stimulus things. Now, that's all geared to the, to the electric vehicles, and it's not getting anything out there right away. But you watch. This, this new bill that's out there, trillion dollars, It'll have a provision to reinstate the prepayment of the child tax credit and the dependent care credit. Everybody thinks, oh, that's no big deal. It's just credit. But that's the, that's the guaranteed income. That's giving families, you know, $1,000, $1,500 a month in additional income. For how long? Forever. Goes forever. Aye, that's better than Social Security. It is. I mean, I don't know where they're finding the money. Now, you, you did tell me in one of our many conversations that they almost, they passed in the House, but the Senate shot it down where they were going to bring back a lot of the surtaxes for corporations and the, the wealthy The corporate people. minimum tax, yeah, was in there. The surtax for wealthy okay. was in there. So they are trying to raise taxes. Oh, absolutely. You know, because they need to start paying this tab down. Well. $34 trillion. No, 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 no. They're not trying to raise taxes. Keep in mind, <laughs> they only want to raise taxes on what they define as the wealthy. Now, you have to understand taxes. You have to understand just in general how taxes work. You, you can't with you can tax away. The first of all, there's an under there's a thought that the wealthy are this same group of people. So when I'm talking about the wealthy, they're talking about the top ten percent of the wage earners in the country, um, or the top one percent, right? But the sad fact is that those aren't Bill Gates and those people every year, year after year. They're not. Those people shelter their income, and they're not in those tax brackets. They're not producing that kind of income. They got stuff. Well, I've there. I've always said the wealthy find out find ways to not pay taxes. Absolutely, they hire the right people. They pay like people you. like me a lot of money. <laughs> exactly. To, you know, to, to not so ultimately, it's the lower to middle class that gets squeezed the most. Right, and so so. Because from a percentage standpoint, they're paying a lot higher than these wealthy people are. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's... it's, it's But here's how they're paying it. They're paying it through inflation. Because not everything is, not everything's tagged to inflation in the tax code. So if, if I, so I can say, I'm not going to tax anybody under $400,000. I'm not going to raise taxes on anybody $400,000. But if I've raised the cost of everything... And I've raised so that everybody has to get income, more income. First of all, it pushes me above that $400,000 limit. If that $400,000 limit isn't going up for inflation. I think most people listening to this show do not make over $400,000. No. <laughs> so, but, uh, but I'm saying they don't. And so, so they're thinking they're protected. Right. But let's say I'm making, let's say I'm making $120,000. Let's say my spouse is making $120,000. Fifty thousand dollars. 
So we're making 270. We're under. I mean, that's nice. I'm putting money into retirement, right? Let's say inflation doubles. Well, I'm going to get more wages, right? I have to have more wages at that point. The embedded wages. I have to now get more wages. So they double my wages. That's assuming they double wage, wage increases follows inflation. That doesn't always happen. Well, once it doesn't happen right away, but it has to ultimately happen. Otherwise, people can't survive. Because if the cost of their goods and services are going up faster than their wages, and that's why I say it's important and it's important to understand the reason we are where we are and the reason that we haven't solved the problem is that we're now having wage increases. These wage increases now will become permanent. And so as labor costs become permanent in, in the price of goods and services, they have to go up. And so what we're going to have is a spiraling effect. As it goes up, the, the labor anticipates they need more money because they do. They ask for more money. The businesses jack the prices up further. The prices go up further. The labor says, I need more money. And, and you got to remember, business only has a certain number of places that they can, that they can cut. Um, from, a, from an economic standpoint, from an economic standpoint, you have to understand that a corporation now, I'm not talking about the, the small business, which are not really corporations. They're not taxed as corporations. But the corporations, the big Wall Street firms and all of that, uh, Wall Street companies, those companies cannot pay taxes. They cannot. And I'll explain to you why. It's not that they don't want to. It's not that they don't. They can't. Because in the whole scheme of things, income to a corporation is the return that's produced to the investors. So it's easy as this. I have labor, I have materials, and um, and then I have um, uh, I have labor materials. I have a, a, equipment, okay, in there. Those kind of things. So if I get an increase, and then I have taxes, right, and then I have return on my investment. So let's say I'm General Motors, and we go to the we go to a union contract, and they raise my they raise, labor gets a 10% increase, right? So now my labor cost has gone up by 10%. Well, I can reduce material cost, buy cheaper materials, which I was doing from China, and now I can't, right? So I can buy cheaper materials. Um, I can mechanize certain positions. I can hire more robots and get rid of labor. I can reduce my labor cost by getting rid of it and replacing it with, um, you know, with robots. That's what Wendy's and McDonald's and all of those are doing. You go in there and see a kiosk, that kiosk is replacing that person that's standing behind the counter waiting for you to give them cash, right? So they've, they can, but all of these, all of these companies have done all of this. Now, if, what happens then if they have to pay tax? Well, then if they can't do something, it would reduce the return on investment. What happens if I reduce the return on investment? You, as a, as an advisor, you're going to say, well, look, Ford's got a better return. Let's go with Ford. Or let's get out of transportation completely. So you can't do that. If I reduce my return on investment, my investors go and I'm broke. I, well, I'm, I, I think because of inflation, uh, the, because people are holding on to their money, I think corporate profits are going to look soft for a while. Maybe, maybe. We could see a rally by the end of uh, next year, depending on. See, I don't know. I, I inflation has incrementally shown that it's going the opposite way. It has cooled off. Well, no, that's at, at, at least 
that's what they're making us believe it has. Because the numbers went from eight and a half to about seven, right? So it's going in the right direction, but you're telling me what? That it's going to spike up again? Right. And I'll tell you, 1979, 1980, look at that time. Everybody thought Carter had gotten inflation back under control. Interest rates had gone up, and they had gone up to around 6 or 7%. Um, people thought it was because we started paying interest on savings accounts. The money market account came out then. Everybody thought that there was reasons why. Okay. But they thought it was it was just trans it was just transitional that it was going to. It was, so this is the head fake we're going through right now. Exactly. And then exactly. we're going to have hyperinflation. Now what in. happened after that? Prime hit twenty one percent. Ginny Mae mortgages hit eleven. Conventional mortgages hit fifteen. A bunch of products came out. You're going to see you these really products. You really think that we're going to see those times oh, again? Oh, absolutely. That's what it's going to take to shut the economy off because we pumped way too much. We've got trillions of dollars in the economy. It just can't be shut off. Wow. Any other good news you want to share with the listeners no, nobody, out there? Um, <laughs> nobody ever wants to talk to me because I'm always bad news. But I'm not always bad news. Well, here's one. I will say one thing. Yeah, what do you see positive going forward? You can always make money in, in the economy. You know, you just have to you just have to look at what's going on and be aware of what it is and hedge your bets. But it look, so so here's how do you make money in an inflationary economy? Let's say that we do get twenty percent interest rates. How do you make how do you make money in in that economy? Well, one of the things I can do is borrow money now. If I could borrow money now at six percent fixed, right, and interest rates go to eleven or twelve, I'm paying my I'm going to be paying that mortgage off with cheaper dollars. But if you run out of money, what's the point? You're going to go bankrupt? See, that's the problem. It's like people with credit card debt. Well, I don't have to really pay it. I'll pay the minimum. And and rates keep going higher and higher and higher. Well, that's that's the buy. So what, what's your logic behind, let me borrow money now because rates are going to be higher. You still have to pay that money back. Well, but you're paying it back with cheaper dollars. If inflation, <laughs> let's let's take if if we're let's say we're are you following my reasoning? You know, you're borrowing money because you don't have it. You have to pay it back anyway. Right, but go look at take a look at Venezuela, take a look at Cuba, take a look at some of those places. I'd rather not. I know, and you know, and and most of us haven't, and we should. Yeah. If you really want to see what's going to happen, you got to look at this stuff. But here's what happens in Venezuela: they get paid in the morning. And they go out to the grocery store and buy everything they can. All right, let me ask you this because you're—I I don't really get into politics too much because people are emotionally attached. Well, and I, I, not, I don't. I don't. No, no, no. Wait, let me finish okay, my question. Ahead. You know, um, if Republicans win the White House in 2024, don't you think that they're going to maybe put a stop to this free spending mentality, socialist mentality, or do you think they're going to continue it? Well, you, you would hope they would. They would try to rein it in, you know, like Reagan did when when he got elected okay. after Carter. You would hope that that's that's our great white hope. But when Reagan <laughs> got in, inflation was through the roof, so he couldn't do it. Well, when he got he in, he didn't do it. He he did he he pushed some of that there because he pushed some of that inflation through because he shut the economy off. He, you know, he he did some things that people forget. In the first two years, they wanted to impeach him and get rid of him. I mean, in the first two years of his, it was horrible out there because he was making us pay because we had to. He was making us pay for the sins of the past. Somebody's going to have to do that. I don't think, and this is why I was kind of getting at. Yeah. I politically, I'm not saying one or the other. I'm telling you, economically, there is an 
socialist faction, um, and then that's not a political, that's an economic socialist faction. And then there's there there's a faction on the other side that is you know is more of a, a budget faction or whatever, and uh, you know more of a free market free enterprise factor. Okay, we're in a we're in a classic struggle right now between those two sides. And in the past, the free enterprise system has won out. Um, but if it ever doesn't, and we have progressively gotten worse. I use that word progressive because mm-hmm. it's a valid term. We started out with FDR. Look at all those things that were implemented. They didn't go away. Then with Johnson, look what happened. And those didn't go away. The social programs. The social programs. They got reined in to some degree, but they didn't go away. They're still there. They're still being funded. Now you go to Obamacare. Still there. Still being funded. And now on top of that, we're going to put the largest socialist package in history onto the books. We've already done the Inflation Reduction Act. That's that's a huge socialist. Pumps a bunch of money into the individuals in lieu of working. It takes money away from the free enterprise system. <clears throat> it, if, you know, about two years ago, I thought there was only one of there was one of two ways that we could go: a depression or hyperinflation, because we were moving down the path. So you ask. When interest rates started to move... But two years ago, um, if you take COVID out of the equation, or this is after COVID, because this prior happened. to COVID, we had a booming economy, low interest rates, good GDP. Right. So back then, you saw this coming? Yeah, because we had created a booming economy, um, but largely, a lot of that had been done through... Um, you know, through the through stimulus as well. Trump did a lot of stimulus. It was just he did the right thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got a he at least was trying to stimulate the free enterprise market and, and trying to build it up faster. All right. And a lot of the stuff he did raised taxes on business. People don't realize that it raised taxes on businesses. He did he did a lot I of I thought that. he lowered corporate taxes. Rates. Rate there's rate and volume. Ah. Rates went down, but say for example, NOLs, net operating losses, those were limited. You couldn't carry them back. You couldn't you couldn't use a hundred percent of them. That hurt a lot of businesses that are into the research and development areas and things like that. Um, he he put taxes and tariffs on stuff that created significant cost increases for businesses. So, uh, you know, so ultimately, you know, he he did. There were some things that were done there. That he, that you could see the writing on the wall, and and frankly, um, it's probably a good thing that a Republican wasn't elected for the Republicans. It was probably a good thing they weren't elected in the last in the last election, because what we've got right now coming, this hyperinflation, this depression, whichever way it goes. Whoever's in office at the time is going to pay for that for a long, long, long time. And your prediction is it'll hit next year. And obviously... I think we'll be in the midst of it. Biden will still be in office. And, okay. And remember, when this happened with Carter, all of this stuff started ramping up right before the re-election. That's why he didn't get re-elected. Um, and, it, and the timing on this is about exactly the same. And, and, and it makes sense because 
And that's why I say the Republicans will buy into some of this stuff because they want to get reelected as well. And so we're going to have a presidential election. No party's going to want to put people, make them suffer. No party's going to want to stand up there and say, yeah, you guys all should pay ridiculous taxes. We're going to take money away from you. And I don't care if you go broke, right? Someone has to come in and go, folks, we've got to pay this bill that uh, just keeps growing. Right. We've got to. And when your dad told you, you know, I don't have the money or you got to pay the bill, did you like that? No. Oh, yeah, I love it. Absolutely. (laughs) But I didn't come from a spoon-fed rich family. I had to earn everything that I've earned. And I, I, you know, I wouldn't know what it's like to have an easy life. And um, I am concerned about going forward, about our country. Um, But I, you know, besides the economical standpoint, I'm really concerned about the rhetoric, the polarization. Uh, no one's talking to uh, with each other. They're just talking to each other. They're not agreeing on too much of anything. I think uh, back in those days that you were quoting, the politicians didn't exactly like each other, but they decided to work together for the you know for the good of the people. It looks like they're not doing that <laughs> right now. They're they're drawing the lines in the sand and says, "Hey, too bad, tough luck. This is my time. We're going to do it our way until you get elected, and then we'll do it your way." Uh, that's what it seems like to me. You know, you're right, Denny, but it's not political, it's economic. Okay. We have, and that's why you will never get agreement, because philosophically, you're one or the other. I can't be part socialist and part free market. It just doesn't work. Right. I'm either capitalistic, free market, or I'm socialist, communist, right? There's nowhere in between. And so... That's why it's not because people hate each other. It's not because people politically hate each other. It's because philosophically, economically, they are in total disagreement, total opposite. So do you think you think the vast majority of our country now has a more of a socialist mentality and that's what it is? Because it seems like the conservative principles are the minority right now. They absolutely are. We've given we've given too many people too much free stuff. Ah. You do not take it away. Once they have it, right. Once you have it, you can't take it away. Now, and, and so, and, and the, the other thing that's, that's going on is that we no longer have control. We're not just the strong. We're not the, the solely the biggest economy. Yeah, we're not the strongest It doesn't make any anymore. difference. I mean, we are, but it, but we're not at that point where it doesn't make any difference what happens in, in London. It doesn't make any, hap- make any difference what happens in Germany. Uh, what happens in China. We're dependent on all of that. It's an international economy. They're being affected by us. They're trying to react to us. Um, But we have a global economy that can move offshore. Look at the guy we're trying to extradite back to the U.S. for crypto exchange, you know. He's uh, he was in the Bahamas, right? <laughs> this is an international economy. You mean the guy that every time they interview him, he he shakes like a like an old man naked in an ice storm or something. Yeah. Uh, I could never this whole crypto thing. Uh, I I had some guests and I I've been quoted on the topic. Obviously, you see the home runs that people make and all the money they made. But for the average American, I always said only invest money that you're willing to lose to try and like being in Vegas. Yeah, because to try and secure a retirement or invest money long-term and something like that, I, I never really saw the val- the validity to it. And then, look, look what happened. That guy, uh, they don't know where his money went. He yeah. had all this money, and, and now he doesn't know where it is. And 
And look Offshore at, somewhere. And, yeah, I know. And, well, I suppose he gave it all to Cherry. Right. Turns sure out he did. was the Cherry. He was exactly but, right. But, you know, he and Madoff, they were their own charity. <laughs> exactly. But but you know what's interesting? Now, I'm going to – most people don't remember, but think back. What what happened in what happened in the eighties that that happened early eighties that happened that caused almost the same problem? Silver. The Butcher Brothers captured the silver market. Silver was becoming and it was going through the roof because it was a smaller market than everybody anticipated and uh, they controlled price. Okay. Right? And it collapsed. And a lot of people were using silver as a cushion against what was gonna happen in the economy. I've been hearing that gold is gonna skyrocket and just, you know, Buy it now. I, I mean, all these uh, people, I don't know. Well, here's here's what I thought was interesting. Crypto was the crypto was the wild card in the decision as to whether or not we would have hyperinflation or a depression. Because if you tie your currency to something definitive or you take that currency out of the hands of the government. So crypto was out of the hands of the U.S. government. If you take something out of the hands of the U.S. government, so they don't, have, they can't control their own yeah, currency. Yeah, it's not regulated or anything. Yeah. So now they don't control their own currency, so they can't devalue the dollar to pay all this debt off. But you can't so, tell me that crypto was not manipulated because I don't believe. No, that it, at all. it was. But what I was saying is that, you know, back in the '70s, in early '80s, we talked about going back to the gold standard because of the same thing, worried about inflation and that, that politicians would inflate, try to inflate their way out of the problem and there's no governance. You know, the government would just deflate their dollar. So we talked about trying to go back to the gold reserves. So crypto was that alternative. If crypto had survived, and it, and it still may in some form because it is a key component of blockchain, which is a, an accounting process that is being proposed worldwide and it, and, it, and that's going to go into play and we can talk about that later but but crypto you know and bitcoin is a key component of that all right so but here's the thing if cryptocurrency had survived then it would have forced governments to uh, deflate rather than inflate their economy because they couldn't pay back with cheaper dollars they couldn't control their currency but now that now that crypto has basically been hit it may come back but not right away and people don't view it as an alternative like gold there's no there's no stopping the socialistic side of government at this point of of the economy and and if you look at it any country that's gone socialist and then communist you know they've done it pretty much along the ways that we're going if we don't, if somebody doesn't stand up, if we don't have some people stand up and fight against this and speak out against this, we are going to go down a path that I'm not sure we can change But Mark, for a long what time. would they do? They'll say, look, for the next year, we're all going to increase your taxes by X amount so we can pay down this debt. What's the answer? Well, the answer, first of all, is for, is for people to understand that they actually are paying for all of this stuff now. They just don't know it. And that the only way to solve it is they're going to be taking away all of their income. With with capitalistic, a capitalistic... What do you mean take away all their income? Well, with a capitalistic economy, people do better because a rising tide floats all boats, right? It's the concept that as the economy 
you have to the capitalistic system is a revenue side of the equation a socialist system is a cost side of the equation and you never make money on costs you cannot cut yourself you can't cut costs to wealth you can't cut costs to a profit you can't do that you can control costs but the only way you make a profit in a free market system or any system is to increase the revenue side. It, it almost sounds like you're describing trickle-down economics. Oh, it's absolutely. That's the only way it works. You have yeah. to get – everybody has to succeed. Some are going to succeed better than others. But, you know, what doesn't work in, in a lot of those systems is the trickle-down and everything. Because you have the highly motivated people and you have the not motivated people. There are people who feel that they should get free stuff because they were born here mm -hmm. and they have a right to get free stuff. That's right. And then you have the entrepreneurial types that say, I don't want you to tell me what I need, you know, I don't want you to limit what I'm going to make or tell me what to do or I want less government in my life. I'm going to work 80 hours a week. Right. Whatever it takes, I want. I have a vision and I don't want you to stop me. I don't want you to say, yeah, you, you can't make this much money because that's too much and we have to take care of Right. These people here who don't want to work. Right. Why? Because they were born in America. Right. So that's where, that's the fight right there. Yeah, exactly. You know, either you're self-employed. That is, is trickle-down, really. That I is trickle-down, yeah. It, because you, as soon as you make an economy where somebody can't succeed. Um, or limited to it, right. That you, you, You're putting limits on When how, you talk, how, start talking about million-dollar caps on income mm -hmm. and all that. Look. That person took a whole lot of risks. Most likely, most of those people didn't weren't successful the first time. I was talking to you about the top 1%. Right. That top 1% are people who have owned their businesses for 35 or 40 years. They're now retiring. They get a one-time sale, and it makes them one of the top 1%. So we're going to tax it all away? What do they do for retirement? They worked all their lives for that money. There's no income averaging anymore. They worked all their lives. Right. So what you're talking about, Danny, is where we have to be. As soon as there's an economy where there's no opportunity for unlimited success, I mean, I don't know what what kind you know what Musk's political background is, but I can tell you this: he's the kind of person that makes a capitalistic system go. You don't have to love the guy. But he's the guy out there trying to put people on the moon, he's, on Mars. He's the guy that's out there trying to get, you know, trying to produce a vehicle that's better for the economy. You only do that if you can ultimately be a billionaire when you're done. Um, you know. Well, it's like the old, uh, the old sales principle in most organizations that 20% of the sales force do 80% of the revenues. That's pretty much yeah, because they're motivated to push themselves beyond their comfort zones right. to take risks, as you say. Right. And that's kind of our country was founded upon. We took a risk when we decided to leave England and form our own colonies elsewhere. Oh, absolutely. There was no guarantee waiting for us. We, they could have died. They could have failed. But uh, that's, uh, I don't know, a lot of these socialists, like you, you're telling me, and I didn't even think about this because I manage money for a living. I'm not a CPA tax person like right. you. That they're getting all these credits for having children and making X amount of it. Where's the money coming from? We don't know. Well, uh, well these bills that no, are being No, I know where it's coming. It's borrowing. Borrowing. We borrowed $34 trillion. Right. You know, we put it on our credit card. And we're going to continue to put it on our well, credit card. Well, you know, you've probably, if anything, not that I'm a doom and gloom guy, but you've validated a few of my suspicions that we're in trouble because of the debt. And and, and their, their, their solution is to print more money. Right. 
And, and here's <laughs> here's the thing. And this is what. Why am I laughing? It's not funny. Uh, it's just, it's, it's scary. Not, but the solution is to print more. And here's what the problem is. We have had the lowest inflation in history. But it was kept artificially low because they didn't want to stump the economy. They well, wanted right investor now sentiment. Been. At the end, it was. Early on, we had a very low inflation rate because we had very low inflation. It was worldwide. We had very low inflation. Okay. All right. So we've had, we had that situation, uh, you know, for a long time. As a result of that, when you look at the government's budget, let's look at macroeconomics, which is the government's budget. You look at, you know, uh, gross national product, gross domestic product, all of that. As part of the government's budget, which this is a budget bill, this is a spending bill that's right there right now. So you got to look at what's in there. Look at in the past. Are we are we in danger usually in Christmas of the government shutting down if they don't agree on on this? Again? Well, there probably will, but I can guarantee you that this spending bill does not budget for all of the costs that the government's got. Cuz what they're going to do is in the old days, prior to, you know, prior to 2006, 2007 to that age, when we had normal inflation of, you know, maybe 4 or 5%, right? 6% Interest on government debt was about 80% of the, of the discretionary number, right? Think about it now. Now we're up to six, and that debt is 10 times, 20 times higher than it was. So if I create a budget right now, think what kind of revenue I have to get to just cover the borrowing that we already did. We're already broke, Denny. We just haven't faced it yet. We haven't gone to bankruptcy court yet, but we're already broke as a country. We've spent it all. We've borrowed it. It's just like my EIDL loan. I owe $2,700. I don't have the money to pay it. I'm just like the U.S. government. I got a $34 or $36 trillion bill, and I don't have the money to pay it. And that's where we're at. Something has to happen. Either I have to inflate the economy so I can afford to make those payments and keep me rolling, or... It all crashes because I can't pay my bill. Well, so there you have it, folks. It's time to move to uh, Argentina or Brazil or something. No, right? no. You don't want to go to any of those places. You don't want to go anywhere there. Oh, my goodness. I think, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you had your coffee. And uh, you <laughs> you mentioned a lot. Again, you're such a, an analytical. We didn't talk more about music and some of the other things you think you're going to run again? I mean, you 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 threw your your name in a hat and you lost. It was a close race, right? What'd you yeah. lose by? Five hundred votes or Three, something? Three hundred, yeah. Three hundred votes. votes. But but it, it's why I ran. You know. I know to to bring a to bring the issues uh, up front. Just an awareness of the issue, and 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 so you ask, will I run again? If if I see that that I that people aren't doing what everybody wants them to do, not what I want them to do, but what everybody wants them to do, then I'll run again. When, when politicians stop listening to the people, regardless of what you're talking about, when politicians stop listening to the people and they start worrying about themselves, that's when you, you got to make a change. Um, well, I get that. You know? I think, however, um, people are not really tuning in. They're, they're kind of sticking their heads in the sand yeah. right now. And for reasons, because there's a lot of uncertainty out there right. with the inflation, with the economy, uh, global politics that are going on. So it, it's it's going to be rough. I mean, let, let's see what happens in the next year or two. Right. I mean, certainly we've had a lot happen in these last two years that I would not have predicted. 
but you did. <laughs> you saw this coming. And, um, a blind squirrel finds a nut every yeah. now and then. <laughs> even, even a broken clock is right yeah. twice a day, right? That's right. Exactly right. Uh, anyway, uh, good to have you, man. Let's talk more music and, uh, you know, appreciate all that you do for music. And, Stuart, you're really involved in the community, be, be you and Ron Hart and some other people. Any uh, Before we, we end the podcast, any anything happening for Stuart in the foreseeable future that's kind of cool or interesting uh, for the next year? Well, I think, um, I do think that, um, you know, Stuart's got, it, it really has done a really good job. It It is attracted, you know, we've talked about the number of people coming to Florida. Yeah. And it is, a, it is attracted uh, a lot of those people. I mean, a larger number than normally would, would probably. But consider. Stuart has so much waterway. Right. It's, it's a beautiful area. Right. There's no other area quite like that. And, and, you know, so Stuart right now is in, in his, it is, it's a great place. And what's happened is people who have a lot of money and want to move to Florida yeah. are not looking necessarily at Miami or even Orlando, but are looking at places like Martin County. And, uh, and, and so... The, know, those as, other places, the traffic alone is ridiculous. Right. I mean, I live in Jupiter. I love it here. This is just... I don't think it's a secret anymore, but right. I said it was the, the jewel of Palm Beach County and the best-kept secret because it's less congested. They're not building more. And Stewart kind of reminds me of that as well. That yeah. They're not, you know, not going to make it a commercial uh, building block for businesses to come in. So you can still raise a family. Traffic is still okay. It's not like Miami or Orlando or some of these other bigger cities. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you have money, I think that's what matters, raising a family in a nice environment, not in a high-rising, congested, mass-shooting environment. Right. <laughs> and hopefully they're going to Stuart, – Stuart's at a crossroads because, um, because you know, you've got a lot of people that have come in with money. Yeah. There's a real risk from a housing standpoint that we price out – those people who well, wait a minute. You said the housing market's crashing, man. So that's the good thing. <laughs> Seriously, you know, people talk about affordable housing. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you my quote on affordable housing. Affordable housing isn't affordable unless you can afford it. You cannot subsidize your way to affordable housing. You have to make it. So that either is bring down the prices because the economy brings down, or the make prices, more money, or make more money, right? Or you know, um, you know, you can. Any of those, any of those things will will ultimately do it. Uh, but, but ultimately, that's how you know. That's how you and and then then you can have affordable housing. But um, but anyway, so it's going to be interesting. Stewart's in an interesting time. I think all of, I think as a country, we're in an interesting time. This is going to be one of those things where you and I look back. When, we're going to uh, look back and when go. they're spooning the soup into it at, <laughs> at night and say, "Denny, speak for yourself." Remember. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe by, maybe then we won't even know who we are or where we are, so it won't matter. Uh, anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed some of this analytical economic uh, forecast that Mark has put. Uh, did you, you think you depressed people with some of the realities? Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> happy <Scrooge> New Year, <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Festivus. And, yeah, and I would say Scrooge had remember, – <laughs> remember a Christmas carol. There was a happy ending to that. And that's where we're going. That's where we may be in the early stages. That's right. But we're going to be visited by maybe three or four ghosts of an economy. <laughs> and once those are over, uh, even Scrooge's heart will change. So if you want to be uplifted, Mark has a radio show. <laughs> 
every week on WSTU. Is it on Tuesdays or Wednesdays? I have one on Monday that's on condos and one on Wednesdays that's an economic show. So you, you hit people twice a week. Yeah, one is specifically condos. So if All you right, have well, listen. questions, join me. Enjoy the holiday season. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Denny Artachi Show.